Good to see you, MFI Global. Man, what an honor it is to share with you. And Lord willing, we will all be together next year in person. But what an honor it is that we get to gather even digitally. You know, um, this summer, my husband and brother, they begin to train for a triathlon. And if you're not familiar with the triathlon, it is a race that has three components. There's swimming and biking and running. And basically, it sounds terrible. Uh, but they began to train for this race vigorously. And so a lot of the summer was spent, both of them giving time to preparing and, and giving so much energy, swimming and running and biking. And they were even on vacation training and preparing. And so we finally arrive at race day and here we are race day early morning it's a little crisp chilly we arrive at the lake and their first component of this triathlon is an open swim and here they find themselves they've been preparing and, and 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 they're ready for race day and they get in the water and the race begins and all of the sudden sheer panic hits them because as they hit the water, it's cold, their body begins to freeze up, and the thought crosses their mind. This is not what we prepared for. This is not what we planned. And so they both calmed themselves and quickly realized, okay, we can do this, and they both, spoiler alert, they finished the race and did an amazing job. I think if we're honest, we all hit 2020, and I think as leaders, We've probably had this moment where we said, this is not what we planned for. This is not what we prepared for. What is going on? But I would propose, MFI, that this is exactly what we prepared for. You were made to lead in this generation for such a time as this. And when panic hits our heart and we hit moments we don't understand, the temptation is to think, what's the new thing I need to do? How do I get myself out of this? How do I lead in a fresh way? And, and, and I would say, I think actually, to lead in these times, we've got to step back and return to the beautiful basics and say, what has God been doing throughout the history of the church? You see, I believe that God is moving in 2020 and he's calling us back to take people on the journey of discipleship. To invite people in a beautiful journey to say, follow me as I follow Christ. He's inviting us to take people on a journey to be discipled and become the full potential that God created them to be. You know, I love the example of the journey in the life of Paul and Timothy. And in Acts 16, 1, Paul, it says, went first to Derby and then to Lystra. And there was a young disciple named Timothy. And his mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. And Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium. So Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. And verse 4 goes on to say they went from town to town and, and they were instructing believers to follow. And, 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 and what we see is this moment where Paul invites Timothy on a journey. You see, how do we get Timothy, a young disciple in Lystra, and all of a sudden he is Timothy in Ephesus, who is one of the greatest pastors and leaders of the early church? How does that happen? It happens with a journey, it happens one step at a time. And how are we going to see the full potential of what God is calling our churches to hit? It happens with the journey of simply inviting people on the journey to go from where they are as young disciples and begin to journey to who God has called them to be. 
And I would invite you pastors and leaders to begin to invite people on this journey. You know, it says about Timothy, Paul said about Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.10, he says, but you, Timothy, you certainly know what I teach and you know how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. And here's what I would invite you, is that what you allow people to see in you will shape what's developed in them. Show them the scars, not just the trophies. We know that Paul invited Timothy and later in Timothy's life, Paul would say, Timothy, you, you know, or other translations say, you followed me. And he lists nine things. He says, Timothy, you, you know how I lived. You know the persecutions I faced. And you see what Paul invited Timothy to was not just to watch him from the outside, but to come on the inside. He invited Timothy on a journey to see his broken places, to see his scars. He says, Timothy, you know, or you followed him. And this sense of followed, it didn't just mean that he walked with me. It didn't just mean you followed in the footsteps that as I journeyed, you journeyed. It actually means to conform to someone's belief or practice by paying special attention, to follow faithfully, to follow as a rule. And Paul says this to Timothy. He says, Timothy, you decided, you conformed your belief and you, 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 you joined in the way that I live. You conformed your life. And you see, we're, our desire is to raise disciples who don't just see what we do on the outside, but who actually see what the real cost of leadership is. You see, Paul lists to Timothy, he says, you saw what I went through in Antioch, in Iconium, and in Lystra. And these were three Galatian cities where Paul faced persecution. These were three cities of great pain. And Paul let Timothy in on this. Paul let Timothy see his broken places. And Timothy came to a place where we find in Hebrews chapter 13 that the writer of Hebrews says that Timothy is out of prison. We see that Timothy, this young disciple, chose to follow in the footsteps of Paul and even face persecution, to even be thrown into prison because he had so seen and been shaped by the life of Paul because Paul let him in on the inside. And I would charge you that in the midst of 2020, in the midst of these times as leaders, people need to see what re leadership really looks like more than ever. They don't need a polished version of leadership. They need to see the real trials and struggles that we face. That's where leaders are born. And you see, the reality is this, is that miracles may be waiting in the place of pain. I would actually say, I don't believe they may be waiting. I believe miracles are waiting in the very place of pain. Lystra is where Paul calls Timothy. And some two years before we, we meet this young disciple, Timothy, in Lystra, some two years earlier, Paul would be in the city of Lystra and he would be stoned, left for dead. In this place of pain, it was one of the last cities of the first missionary journey of Paul. And Paul, two years later, when he comes to start his second missionary journey, I'd be skipping Lystra. I'd say, Lystra heard the message. Lystra is good to go. I'm moving on. But one of the last cities in the place of pain where Paul ended missionary journey number one, it's one of the very first cities Paul begins. He goes right back to the place of pain. And in the place of pain, he calls a young disciple, Timothy. 
And I would propose that in some of the most dark places you may be facing as a leader, in some of the most painful places, we oftentimes want to move ahead and say, God, get me past this. But I believe in this season and this time, MFI, that God's calling us to go back to the place of pain, to go back to Lystra and begin to look with new eyes because I believe there's Timothy's waiting in the place of pain. I believe there's promises waiting to be fulfilled and miracles waiting to be ha to happen if we would simply return to that place of pain and say, God, where's the miracle waiting here now? What Timothy is waiting in your place of pain? You see, I would charge us that no matter what you're facing, there is someone that needs to be on the journey with you. There is a young disciple that God is calling you to grab hold of and to show the inside from the inside out what you're walking through and allow God to shape them because there are Timothys who God wants to take from Lystra and bring to Ephesus so that they can hit their potential. So leader, may we keep walking for there is a finish line. It's said that the San Antonio Spurs uh, had, used to have hanging, and maybe perhaps it's even still there, they had a sign hanging in the locker room, and, and it, was, it, it was a quote by the reformer Jacob Reese, and it says uh, this, that when nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stonecutter hammering away at his rock, and perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it, yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two, and I know it was not the last blow that did it, but all that had gone before it. I know we are waiting on miracles. I know there is a harvest that we all are believing for, and I don't know when your breakthrough is coming. I don't know the moment when God wants to bring the miracle, but I know this, that if we would be faithful to keep hitting the rock, to keep investing in people, to keep doing the beautiful basics, there will be a moment where the rock breaks open and the miracle comes forth if we will be faithful to keep hitting the rock. Paul said to the Galatian church, to the people in those three cities that there was great pain in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. To those people, he said these words that we all find hope in. In Galatians 6, 9, he said, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Leader, may we not give up in this season. May we grab on to the hope of Jesus Christ, and may we invite people on the journey to take their next steps and step into the fullness of all that God has for them. God bless you.